0: More people than ever are questioning the value of higher education. We're here to explore why they're right, why they're wrong, and which institutions are rising to the challenge. I'm here with our analytics consultant, Dr. Jacob and a very special guest, Justin Nguyen, who is the founder of Declassified Media, who's here to share the top three things your Gen Z students wish you knew.
1: So, uh, Justin, uh, as a recent UCF graduate, go Knights, uh, I'm right there with you, um, you represent the voice of the student. Institutions across the country are trying to do a better job of listening to the needs and voices of students. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you started declassified classified media and, and really what gaps you're trying to fill.
2: Of course. Yeah. I mean, first off, shout out to UCF, right? I feel like every single day I'm meeting more and more UCF nights as the school just continues to get bigger and bigger, which is kind of a good thing from a networking standpoint, because it feels like we have someone at every single company in the world, stepping blocks now included. But basically with Declassified, what we're looking to become is the buzzfeed or um, overtime of career education. So what I mean by that is the same way that BuzzFeed made news cool for millennials and now Gen Z, and the same way that Overtime Sports has made sports cool again for millennials and Gen Z, we want to make a quote unquote boring topic of career education interesting enough so that Gen Z actually pays attention to it. So over the past, I believe we started in 2020, February. So it's been a little bit over the, uh, a year. From then it's been amazing we have over three hundred thousand students across all of our platforms and we're reaching millions every single month so it's been an absolute amazing journey and to be able to provide all this information especially for free has been the ultimate mission for declassified to not have to add to that student debt
0: big congrats on your growth justin um, number one on the list of what Gen Z students wish that you knew, speaking to our audience, let's talk about career services specifically. So Andy Chan from Wake Forest, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, um, he has said that career services must die, but higher ed is resistant to change. So if students built their own career center today, what would that look like?
2: So I think uh, I want want to phrase this in the right way, because I think career services has immense value in the higher education space, right? Because if you talk to pretty much every college student, right, the reason that they're going to college is typically to get a job or it's to get a master's degree to ultimately get a job Um, for, I would say, 99% of the students that are attending university. And you don't get a job unless you have career services. I think the issue that arises is there's a disconnect between career services or what career services want and how they think Gen Z actually wants to consume it versus how Gen Z actually wants to consume it. And what I mean by that is I've talked with um, people who work in higher ed and who work closely with career services. And during the pandemic, um, they were like extremely excited to be able to understand how to use Zoom. And Zoom is, okay, great, but that's not really innovation. Um, Students have been living in a quote unquote Zoom environment for their whole lives. The same thing, Zoom is the same thing as FaceTime. And if you talk to any Gen Z kid, they've been on FaceTime with their friends ever since they were probably 10, 12 years old. So they understand video through a computer, through a phone um, way before uh, the pandemic really hit. I think if students were to design career services they would actually have more marketers working within career services. And what I mean by that is I think there are great people who work in career services. I think career service people are terrible at marketing the product that they actually have. And when you have a low budget, which typically career service typically has, they have to use their career service individuals, teach them marketing. And then now they're having to do two jobs instead of just one. And I think that's the biggest problem that career services is kind of running into right now. And if Gen Z, I think Gen Z really understands the need for career services. That's why pages like ours have really popped off. And several other influencers have gained massive influence over the past year or so due to the pandemic. It's just a matter of the way that they present the information that needs to be changed, which would make a world of difference in the higher ed space.
1: Yeah, that, that totally makes sense and resonates with me. Right, there's so many products that we don't know we need until you really have a good conversation about it. And and I think this is another great example where you know students understand intrinsically, as you said, the value of of what they um, what they need out of their their career progression, but but don't understand the product that's being offered all the time on on campus by resources. So yeah, very good point. The second thing on your list uh, was that Gen Z students. Uh, wish they knew skills? What skills are students needing that they're not getting in the classroom? And really, what can students do about that?
2: I think think schools and classrooms do really well at teaching you steps four, five, and six, Um, but they're really bad at teaching you steps one, two, and three. I do think that there needs to be more of basic studies within universities, and I know we've got like gen eds, but imagine being able to replace gen eds with like full Microsoft suite, um, like understanding. I know like most universities have a bit uh, like some courses around that, but it's not really nailed in as a necessary skill um, within your four years of working. And that might seem super like rudimentary to anyone who's in like a nine to five, but there's so many interns that we brought on to declassified where I'm like, Hey, can you send me a calendar invite for that? So I can lock it off on my calendar. And they don't know how to do that. Um, and I think like a simple basic skill like that is so important to just lay down the foundation for the future. Again, you can learn theory, you can learn um, micro macroeconomics, whatever it may be, but if you can't send a calendar invite to block off time with your boss, you're never even going to be able to have that conversation with that individual. So I think there needs to be more basic skills, um, sort of baked into the curriculum. One of them being Microsoft Excel. And the other one is actually how to use LinkedIn. I think, again, if you talk to most students, they will say that they have a LinkedIn profile But that's really about it. And that's about as far as the extent of their knowledge of how to use the platform. They don't know how to send personalized invites. They don't know how to create content to then bring recruiters to their page. They don't even know that recruiters don't even cost them money, right? And they think that recruiters will end up costing them money. So they don't end up reaching out to them because they're like, why would I want to reach out to someone when I don't even have money to pay? for college, let alone pay for a recruiter. So there's all these different sort of like very small things that seem very common knowledge once you get into the nine to five job that needs to be translated, especially in that freshman, sophomore years of uh, college.
0: How do you feel that universities are doing when it comes to supplying the skills that employers are actually looking for? Like when it comes to what students are learning in the classroom and what employers actually um, you know, look for on a resume when it comes time for those graduates to to find that job. Do you feel like there's a disconnect there? Do you feel like universities are doing a good job of, of teaching their students real world skills that are in demand? You know, what is your opinion on that?
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer this with a story because I think this story kind of really puts it into perspective. So in 2017, I want to say I interned for a Fortune 500 company, and it was great. I got to go to their headquarters, and I think this really encapsulates how higher ed kind of teaches students, especially when it comes to these basic things that should be kind of common knowledge in the nine-to-five space. Um, we, I was working in the finance uh, side of things and they brought the whole finance intern team into this private office for like a little training session. And the first thing that, um, the person that was teaching the class goes and asks is, Hey, who here knows how to do a pivot table? Now, everyone in the college of business has heard of pivot tables. You're talking about it in class. Maybe your teacher has done, you has maybe done one example, but it's never been something that you've actually Done repetitively enough that you understand how to do it right off, um, right off the bat. But you you think that you know it because you hear about it all the time. So all of these students raised their hand. I didn't because I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I really do. I know what a pivot table is. I've seen it being done on Microsoft Excel, but I couldn't tell you how to do it um, if you put a Microsoft Excel sheet right in front of me. All these students raised their hand. The teacher goes, Hey, who of you wants to do the example as every teacher always does. And no one ends up going up because no one actually knew how to do a pivot table, even though we've all heard the term. So that's what I, I mean by, I think higher ed does a really good job of teaching you steps three, four, and five. Like they'll, they'll push things into your brain so that you know about it, but they're really bad at like making you understand how to actually do the skill when you're outside of a classroom orientation or outside of a teacher, just asking you to do it for a homework assignment where you can just quickly Google or watch a YouTube video, and then you'd be done with it. So I think uh, that story kind of answers that question a little bit.
0: Finally, number three, let's go wild card here. What is it that Gen Z students wish their universities knew?
2: I think What Gen Z wishes that universities knew and understood more was how to be just a little bit more fun. If you look at the brands that have really resonated with Gen Z over the past five years or so, um, you're thinking about like Wendy's on Twitter, um, Adidas because of their creator line. All of these brands are very open to what their community is suggesting them. And I think with higher ed, Higher ed loves to say, hey, give us your opinions, give us your opinions, but they rarely act on it. Um, And I think that's the biggest problem. I think there's a big space where, especially right now, because there's so many influencers on all of these campuses around the US, especially because of TikTok, a lot of these students have just seemingly blown up. There's a huge space for schools to start working with their influencers on campus in very low cost ways to build up more. Um, reputation within the students, because the students will resonate with an influencer. But it's very hard for the student to resonate with the president when the president is talking or giving a, a keynote or something. Let's be honest, most of the student's ears are probably turned off. But if it's an influencer who has a million followers that just happens to go onto your campus, they're probably more likely to listen to that person. So I think there's so many different ways that universities need to listen to their students a little bit more and understand that, hey, if you're a little bit more open, if you're a little bit more fun, you don't have to be stuck up all the time. We just want a little bit of authenticity here. We're paying you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just give us a little bit more insight into what's actually happening. And the the goodwill between students and higher ed will change dramatically.
1: Justin, that really resonates with me. You know, As, as somebody with a, a degree in higher education, we've known for decades, uh, a, a theory. It's called Aston's theory of Involvement. Uh, and Aston's research indicated that students learn more, if not just as much, from their peers as they do from faculty and staff. And so it makes total sense that you would say, you know students would resonate more with influencers or their peers than uh, the president or, or a dean uh, of their college. So yeah, it, it's really interesting how your sort of practical expertise aligns with that theory. Uh, that's been a foundation of higher ed for for decades.
2: Yeah, I mean if you look at UCF as an example, right? I can almost guarantee you that if the president of UCF says something, tells the students to go and do something, very little students will actually go and do it. But if you get Nitro to go tell the students to go and do something, I mean they're jumping into the the fountain in the middle of campus because Nitro's down there with them, right? Um, yeah. I think that's that's what higher ed needs to realize and understand. And there is a huge opportunity. Like imagine uh, if, Sorry, again, I'll just use UCF because I know Jacob knows UCF and it's one of the largest schools in, in, in the US, but UCF has a growing football team. We have a huge stadium and typically the box offices are kept for um, like corporate clients and things of that nature, right? But imagine if once a year you invited all the influencers on campus um, to a all-paid-for box office treatment, where you gave them the the champagne, the free food, whatever it may be, and all you did was maybe you asked them to post something on their story, or maybe you asked them to do a, a YouTube vlog on it, or create a TikTok or something. That will give so much goodwill between the university and not just its current students. But future students that are following that influencer as well, that people be like, oh my God, I want to go to UCF because they know how to treat their students. And all that took was you bringing an influencer into the box office and creating this experience that you're already doing to other corporate clients. It's not anything new. You're just doing it for a younger audience. And there's so many other ideas that I have around something like that, that I just can't wait for the right university to say yes, um, because it's going to be amazing whenever someone does.
0: I think branding is such an interesting concept that I, in my experiences, I have not heard uh, many universities talk about in that way. And, you know, specifically, if we're talking about career services, you know, uh, that unit by itself needs to brand themselves in a way that's going to bring people in. Um, Something else that, um, in my experience, I haven't heard a lot of universities talk about is this creator economy. And Justin, you mentioned on your LinkedIn that you plan to go all in on the creator economy in 2022. Um, so, what are your your thoughts as we close out 2021 um, with the hopes of redefining student success in 2022? That universities will meet new needs like this.
2: I think. I mean, it's a hope, I'm not necessarily sure if universities will be able to execute on it or not, I'll be pushing the wheel and I will be sending out emails to see if a university will be willing to, to take me up on on the offer to combine the creator economy with higher ed. But I'll be completely honest is, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, just if you look at the track record of, of higher ed in general, it's typically very slow moving and they're very resistant to change. Um, but I do think that there will be one or two schools that do it. And once one or two schools say yes to doing a campaign like that, it's going to change the game because once a random school in the middle in Midwest does that and then now their um, applications have risen because of some sort of campaign that they ran at a football game. Now the, the UCFs of the world, the Michigan States, the Michigans, the, the UT Austins, et cetera, those who have larger budgets will continue to do, will see that, use that as inspiration and run that on their campuses. Um, but I think it's going to take a spark for someone to say yes before any of this really takes place at a larger scale with multiple universities uh, leveraging it.
0: Do you see a future for an education for the creator economy for students who perhaps see themselves going into a field like this? Do you see universities picking up um, on this interest from students to to learn more about the creator economy and how to enter that field?
2: I I hope so. Um, Again, I think think a lot of the students that want to break into the creator economy are doing it on their own regardless. um, Because of YouTube, because of um, crypto and web three. Like, I'm not sure how deep either of you are, are learning about web three or not, but that whole space is so young. It's actually insane. And I was listening to a podcast earlier today with uh, Alexis Ohanian. I'm not sure if you, you guys know who that is, but he's one of the co founders of Reddit. And he says that there's this unique moment that's happening right now, which was very similar to when he was starting Reddit. And the difference between starting Reddit when he was like 18, 19, 20 years old versus now and learning about web three when he's much older and he has his wife is Serena Williams and they have a kid is now he has a kid. He has a family. He can't spend hours upon hours upon hours studying discord and interacting with all these individuals. Whereas. 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids right now can. And I think most of the kids that are really actually interested in the space and who are going to make a difference, they're going to be doing it on their own. And I think that's going to cause a huge problem for for higher ed in in the long run. So my final piece of advice to like any university that's listening out there, whether you're the head of the career service department, the head of the business school, or you're the president of the university is genuinely listen to your students like go and sit down and talk to 10 15 20 students it'll take half a day maybe but those insights that you'll hear in authentic conversations with them with you being authentic with them will probably change your outlook of what higher ed looks like to you um learn from them and then just keep an eye on the creator economy because if you can leverage listening to your students and combining that with the creator economy of the creators that are looking like the students sounding like the students and interacting with those students on a daily basis it's going to be a recipe for success, no matter where you implement that of career services, the athletic department, or if you're even looking for donations, right, because it's probably much easier for an influencer on campus to ask for you to donate to this wonderful school that has helped this person launch their creator platform than it is for you to go and ask for Um, $20 and 22 cents for donating back to the class of 2022, which I know many universities do. Um, It's all optical and it's all about the way that you say things, not what you say. And I think a lot of universities are gonna be having to learn that over the next couple of years.